Welcome to From the Medium, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Welcome back. I am Molly Smith, your host. I want to remind you all that our program is available for download. You can do so by going to our website from themedian.org. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining. I have a brand new guest. Well, actually, no, I think we've had Stephen Crampton on the uh, yes. show a couple yes, of times, Stephen. We have, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, no, no, absolutely. We've definitely had you here. Stephen, as you may or may not remember, Stephen is Senior Counsel at Thomas More Society. He is a highly skilled litigator specializing in constitutional law, which is why we have him here. With a wealth of experience, Stephen has litigated civil liberty cases at all levels, from state supreme courts to federal appellant courts and even the United States Supreme Court. And in addition to his work with the Thomas More Society, Stephen has also been a candidate for the Mississippi Supreme Court and has collaborated with the American Family Association and Liberty Council. So Stephen's expertise extends to advising and representing state and federal legislators, including United States congressmen, on drafting and defending legislation. A sought-after legal commentator, he has made frequent appearances in the media, particularly on From the Median. What can I say? That probably the most important one you've been on, Stephen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but we, we've got you here today because we, what we want to do is to unpack a little bit about what has been going on with these DOG FBI raids on pro-lifers. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Stephen, give us a bit of background. You, you know, the person that you've been representing is actually a board member on a board that I have served on for many years. I helped to form the Personal Alliance Group, um, National Group. And, yes. you know, Paul Vaughan was one of the, uh, was one of our board members. Tell us what's going on. Well, as you know, Molly, Paul has uh, long been a stand-up member of his community. He runs his own business, raising a family of 11, the uh, last of which was born within a week of the event that led to his uh, arrest in this case that we're talking about. So Paul is not some uh, radical, uh, law-breaking, kind of wild-eyed lunatic out there. <laughs> Absolutely oh. not. Just knowing Paul, it's like, goodness gracious, yeah. Yes, yeah. it's all about community, life, uh, all that makes uh, American citizens the best and the brightest. And so he has, as you're aware, uh, been involved in pro-life ministries well within the bounds of the law for many years in central Tennessee. And it was in that capacity that he went to join some old uh, pro-life friends and acquaintances at uh, the abortion clinic that was then located in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, outside of Nashville. And they went, the facility is located in a multi-tenant medical office building that uh, houses, you know, various other uh, medical specialties as well. And uh, on the second floor is this abortion clinic. And several of the pro-life folk went up into the building where they were perfectly welcome and legally uh, had a right to be and uh, congregated in the hallway outside the clinic. They engaged in singing, uh, praying, uh, reaching out to abortion-minded women, 
Uh, and a few did uh, occupy a position very close to the entrances to the abortion clinic. Uh, police were summoned, and it took about two and a half hours before everyone was removed. Paul, on behalf of some of his uh, pro-life uh, group that he brought in from his hometown, went to uh, speak with the police because Paul's assessment, which turned out to be correct, was these local police officers had never encountered a pro-life demonstration like this. They didn't really know what they were getting into. So Paul ends up somewhat by happenstance to serve as something of the uh, messenger mediator go-between between those that were down close to the uh, abortion clinic, which is located at the end of the hallway on the second floor, and the police who had congregated outside the elevators at the other end of the hallway. And uh, Paul engages in uh, the negotiations. He uh, serves on behalf of the police. Uh, they ask him to go down and deliver instructions and to gather information from the pro-lifers and so forth. They were really ecstatic with Paul's involvement and helpfulness. Mm-hmm. They testified he was definitely helpful in resolving an otherwise uh, kind of tense situation that could have gone south and uh, were uh, wholly appreciative and really would have given him a medal if there were such a thing wow. for his work there. A handful of folks that refused to leave were peacefully taken into custody and arrested for criminal trespass. Paul was not one of them. Paul goes back home. Their baby is delivered. He goes back about his life. And a year and a half later, Molly, after the decision in the Dobbs case that overturned Roe against Wade, here comes the FBI storming his home with a SWAT team kind of raid banging on the door with their guns drawn, holding his children at bay with guns drawn, who were already outside, waiting for Paul to take them to their homeschool co-op that day. And uh, they arrested Paul, hauled him into Nashville, wouldn't let him get basically anything, hold him for like six hours, then toss him onto the streets, no phone, no wallet, nothing, like a homeless man thrown out there. His wife and everyone else had no idea what had happened to him, panicking, of course, and children uh, understandably distraught. Well, he finally makes his way back home, but he finds himself subject to these federal charges. One, the misdemeanor face violation, Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, for allegedly aiding and abetting those blocking the door. Oh, my goodness. And then, in an unheard of development, a felony criminal conspiracy charge because they conspired to undertake this action. So you've got a six-month potential jail sentence for the face violation, but 10 years, up to 10 years for conspiring to do these acts. So we end up at trial this uh, past month, and uh, after a, a lengthy trial, jury trial, Paul and all his uh, five co-defendants are convicted on all, found guilty on all charges. So we now await sentencing in July, and of course, we will appeal this outrageous uh, ruling. But here's Paul, (laughs) 
absolutely no idea that he was risking arrest, as they say. And due to the Biden Department of Justice and their zealous devotion to their uh, main political base, the pro-abortion folks, they are pulling out all the stops to round up pro-lifers wherever they may be found and punish them as severely as possible. This is abs- This is like communist China. I mean, yes. I, I'm, I'm probably over-exaggerating, but I think I don't think I am in some ways. This it's is not unlike unbelievable, it. <laughs> unbelievable yeah. that this is happening in Tennessee of all places. In Tennessee, right? I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm speechless about how, you know, I've, I've, I was, you know, I've been praying with Paul and we've all been praying for mm. him and with mm. him. And, and, you know, one of the things that I see out of this, knowing Paul and, you know, discuss, talking to him on and off in between all of this, whilst all of this has been going on is I, I don't know about you, Stephen, but in some ways it's almost like I'm currently reading a book about, um, Thomas Moore and John Fisher. Uh, mm. and, and it's not unlike what they went through in some ways like you know i've mentioned this to a couple of people in that he's paul is so calm and yes so prayerful as are all the people who are surrounding him this yes. to me is an example he's been chosen to to show us how to deal with this stuff wow that's beautiful molly and yeah i mean he really does he has no regrets no he said doesn't. he would do the same thing yeah today if the lord led him in that direction and if he ends up in a federal prison for years and has an opportunity to minister to those in there that's the lord's will then he will follow him there wow. uh, i mean it really is a remarkable demonstration of true christian of, faith of of absolute trust in the lord that that's what i think i'm i'm sort of yes. in such awe of complete trust and his family i mean his family doing having to do yes. the same thing this is amazing because so often we say and how many times haven't you heard the steve that you know where people say well i would but i've got a family to support yeah. well i would but i <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, you know, myself, probably myself included. I don't remember I saying that. I was just going to say, <laughs> me too. <laughs> but yeah. here you have an example of a man saying, you know, my family will, you know, God is bigger than anything else. And so I cannot Amen. do anything other than serve God. And Amen. what more can you, what an honor to be, to be, to be going through this ordeal. And I'm, I'm confident that with Thomas Moore taking care of it, the, you know, the appeal will be successful because I think this is just a scare tactic. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And I think we hope uh, and pray that the Department of Justice, uh, the federal government has overplayed their hand here. Yeah. I mean, the absurdity as your reaction kind of attests yeah. to. Imagine, Molly, here we are in the heart of downtown Nashville, Tennessee, which you walk out the door of the courthouse, you're surrounded by streets that are named for civil rights activists Absolutely. and the heroes of that day. The Civil Rights Museum is right there. Across the street is the public library, which holds this great display of the civil rights uh, activists. Guess what they did? They did exactly what Paul Vaughn did. Actually, Paul didn't even do the sit-in, yeah. but it was nothing more than a civil rights demonstration sit-in for a cause. In this case, I would argue even greater than the civil rights yeah. movement, the lives of innocent unborn children. Yeah. And so Nashville and the government there honors those civil rights activists as heroes. And here's Paul and his cohorts 
now being condemned basically as martyrs. Yeah, it's just extraordinary. It really is. What do you, uh, you know, I, I know that this, this FACE Act, tell us a little bit about the FACE Act and how is it being used sure. to now? Here's the deal. Uh, early 90s, the Operation Rescue Movement was in full swing. Tens of thousands of Christians taking to the streets and to the abortion clinics and engaging in those very same peaceful sit-in kind of uh, demonstrations in hopes of saving unborn babies. Thousands and thousands being arrested and jailed for things like criminal trespass. Usually less than a day in, in jail, you're out and you've, you're flooding the courts and making your point, right? Yeah. So U.S. Congress at that point, uh, controlled by the Democrats, uh, Bill Clinton in the White House, they get the bright idea of putting together a federal uh, law that prohibits the very activity that we've celebrated in the civil rights movement, namely the sit-ins at abortion clinics here, and they pass this freedom of access to clinic entrances in the name, of course, of protecting what was then recognized as the federal right to abortion, right? So they manage through this kind of bipartisan negotiation process to get the FACE Act passed to protect the right to abortion. Now, they tagged on in order to uh, enlist the support of some conservatives across the aisle, a provision that also protected the right of access to churches and pro-life uh, uh, pregnancy centers and the like, right? But it was just a tag on the whole thing was about abortion, always has been. Yeah. So now you fast forward to um, 2022, and the Dobbs Act removes that illusion of a federal right to abortion. There really is, in our view, no justification for the existence of a federal law that protects access to one business alone in all of our uh, marketplace, namely reproductive health services uh, offerings. And of course, the Department of Justice argues, well, it's not just about abortion. Reproductive health services includes birth control and ultrasound and yada, yada, right? Mm -hmm. Well, ask yourself this, Molly, when's the last time you ever knew anybody to show up in uh, opposition to access to an ultrasound? (laughs) It's just a a hoax, right? It's a total hoax. So um, one of our arguments is, that face itself is unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. There is no congressional authority to enact or sustain a law that protects access to this one business alone, especially when there was zero history of any adverse action against ultrasounds or birth control, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, in addition, consider, since the announcement of the Dobbs decision in 2022, Hundreds of churches, pro-life pregnancy centers have been vandalized, attacked, firebombed even, right? Mm -hmm. Those entities, because of that add-on provision in the FACE Act, are equally protected with the abortion clinics. But guess what? The Biden Department of Justice and their lapdogs at the FBI have no interest in protecting pro-life pregnancy centers. Instead, they go back a year and a half before to find the peaceful folks like Paul Vaughn that were pro-life 
and they throw all these resources into prosecuting, persecuting Paul Vaughn and his colleagues, and they ignore the violent vandals and folks that have been attacking since Dobbs almost unabated the pro-life pregnancy centers. In fact, the Hope Clinic in Nashville was itself the subject of one of these attacks. No, uh, no prospects of finding the uh, perpetrators there. And frankly, in my view, no interest. No in interest. That, that is more to yeah. the point. No interest. Because yeah. with, all, with all of our surveillance right now, there's no ways that they don't know who it is. Thank you. you right? know, we live in a surveillance state. I know. They know everything. It's so frustrating. And I heard, I heard the, um, I forget who it was, but I did listen to an interview or, or read an article about, uh, the head of the FBI or, uh, saying that they couldn't do that or the, or the DOJ. Um, yeah. they couldn't do that because it was nighttime and they couldn't sit in the car. <laughs> Is that great? Is you know, the, uh, I mean, it makes you laugh, but it's tragic. It's tragic. It's tragic. It is. Oh, we live God. now in a day. I mean, you mentioned, you know, a North Korea or a China kind of yeah. situation. We have a two-tiered justice system. Yeah. Friends of the administration, PLM, Antifa, yeah. these latest uh, Hamas folks, uh, pro Hamas people that were yeah. banging on the gates of the White House. No arrests, no, no prosecution. Nothing done. But if you're a Trump supporter. January 6th. Yep. January 6th. Right? Yep, exactly. If right. you're uh, an election denier, as yeah. they call them, yeah. and if you're pro-life, yeah. you have a whole nother tier of justice that, being applied to you. So the lack justice in, in quotes, no such thing. Yes, this is not quotes. justice. Exactly. Right. What about the way you, where they held this trial? Um, you know, it was a jury trial. Yes. Um, and it would have seemed, uh, you know, I guess any city is probably going to be much more um, liberal than the rural areas, but Tennessee's you know, liberal. I mean, uh, uh, for the most part, not liberal, but they are conservative. Yes, and actually, Molly, it really, that was, I guess, as disheartening an element as anything we experienced here. The jury was actually drawn not just from Nashville, but from surrounding rural counties. We really felt, I think for the first time, we had something that resembled a jury of our peers. So we were hopeful that in Paul's case especially, they would see Paul didn't do anything wrong here. Nonetheless, you know, it's a very tight system, right? Very strict with the jury instructions and so forth. And so our takeaway is, and we didn't get to interview the jurors, but is that they they followed the narrow strictures of what they were instructed to do. And they, they drew inferences in favor of the government. You know, they inferred there was no direct evidence. No one testified that Paul had actually agreed to do anything with these folks. Uh, no one had any evidence of Paul actually blocking anything, right? Yeah. And in fact, we had the police officer's testimony themselves saying Paul was a great help yeah. in resolving this. Yeah. Yeah. Nonetheless, they found by inference that he was somehow in cahoots oh, with these God. other folks. And uh, they they took him down. Wow, wow, this is unbelievable. They had one witness that that uh, turned state evidence. You know, just decided. Yes, they know, did. Yeah. But even her, uh, she was not familiar with Paul before. Hadn't met him. Never saw him at these so-called planning meetings the nights before this event, and uh, was not privy again to any actual uh, agreement or conversations with Paul 
where he agreed to do anything on behalf of the folks that were actually blocking the door. So that witness, as damaging as she was to the group at large, really was unable to tag Paul Vaughn in any of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When, if people want to help, um, Paul, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Thomas Moore is the most amazing organization. That's the first place kind. I would say, I would say go. If you have, um, you know, that, that $10,000 under your bed, please take it and give it to Thomas Moore Society. Let's <laughs> So, you know, but we do need to support these good uh, legal firms that are doing this, people. We really, really do, because without them, we would be, uh, we would just be in such, such damage right now in in America. But we Mm. do have some very good organizations, legal firms that help us. But Thomas More Society, go to their website, make a donation, help them there. And also Paul Vaughan. I I will, you know, I'm sure he needs, he needs support as well. He's, you know, his, his work situation has to have been, you know, uh, compromised because of the, because he's, he's because he is a, a you know a business a, a small business yes. owner, um, all of those things. So is, is there somewhere we oh, I can go? Actually, what I will do, folks, is I will find out how to how to help Paul as well financially because I think that's that, that's very important that we do that. Agreed. So going forward, you're going to appeal. Do you have to wait till? Um, the, the, yes, the, uh, you do have to wait for sentencing. We have to wait until sentencing, okay. which is set for January or July the 2nd. And Molly, I will say this. Our judge, uh, a female appointee of Bill Clinton, really, uh, I think, tried sincerely to uh, run a fair trial and oh, uh, give good. us an opportunity to present a defense. I think, and our uh, colleagues that represented the other defendants who have been before her uh, in other cases suggest that she sees that this is not a serious federal offense and yeah. is not likely to impose a severe sentence. Of course, it remains to be seen, yeah. but um, we are hopeful that Good. if Paul has to do time at all, it will not be in the range of 10 years. Uh, but again, I mean, we're, we're going to vigorously prosecute this uh, on appeal all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, if need yeah. be. Yeah. And there's been lots of uh, rumblings right now about apparently there is somebody in, in the Congress has introduced, um, legislation yes. to, 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 to overturn the, you know, to remove this face, face act so, anyway. Yes. May I uh, sure. ask your listeners to sure. please con, Contact your congressional delegation, both senators and congressmen, and urge them to join. Mike Lee has introduced a bill in the Senate, and Chip Roy has introduced a bill in the House to repeal face. Congress really created this monster. And Congress really ought to take action to, to kill it, take it out. Absolutely. You know, we have a, a, a big, um, convention coming up in, in mm. March. And that is one of the things we will put out in our, you know, Please, we, we do handouts you. and we'll, we'll make sure that that is on there, that people must, must con- contact their, their in house because I think this is, this is going to be, it's got to start g- gaining traction. And I think it has already because I, I really think so. Yeah. And may I say in the same vein, the uh, Department of Justice seems to have overstepped its bounds in the uh, Washington, D.C. arena. If you follow the news, the five uh, fetal remains that were recovered in that uh, bucket from the waste removal folks outside the Washington Surgery Clinic a couple of years ago, the uh, 
there's been a great effort. In fact, we're, we're deeply involved in that to try to get forensic, uh, examinations of those, uh, babies because it appears they were late term, perhaps oh. beyond even the term that Washington DC law allows abortions and may be involved in uh, the trafficking of uh, fetal remains. But the Department of Justice has told the local medical folk to destroy those remains. So what? we're in the middle of a battle there too. Yes, it's just this incredible. And any congressman, it's diabolical. Congress has insisted on an investigation being conducted and they refused to do it. So, I mean, there's this whole picture of the Department of Justice just out engaging in music. They are out, out of, of control. control. They are totally yes. out of control. We have to pray for them. We have to pray for this whole situation. Amen. Amen. Because it will be through God that it'll, it, it'll eventually happen. Thank you. Absolutely. Stephen, right. thank you. Stephen Crampton, thank you so much for all you do. Amazing guy. So thank you and thank you to Thomas More Society as well. God Molly, it's always a blessing being with you. Thank <laughs> you for all you do. God bless you. God bless you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you all for joining me this evening. As I say good night and God bless each and every one of you, I'd like to close with the words of the Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel. There may be times when we are powerless to prevent injustice, but there must never be a time when we fail to protest. From the Median is listener supported. Visit our website, fromthemedian.org, for further information or to make a donation to continue to make this radio program possible. Email us, radionews at fromthemedian.org or call 440-668-4049. Through our fromthemedian.org website, you can download this or previous programs for your listening pleasure or sign up to receive our weekly preview of upcoming guest interviews. Tune in every weeknight at the same time to listen to another great interview on From the Median as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. This program has been sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content.